0: Come on, come on, all right,
1: what the heck, all right, we're not getting our sound, what happened to our intro, what happened to my intro, come on, come on, what happened, okay anything that can go wrong will go wrong there we go all right and welcome back to another adventure here on blog talk radio shr media Oh, good Lord, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, YouTube, Facebook, and half a dozen other places. I don't even know where we're at. You're listening here to Southern Sense, and I'm your hostess with the least mostest, the Radio Ticket, any Annie, along with my courageous co-host, who I hope has his sound going up and working, Curtis C.S. Bennett. You with us, Curtis, today. What a mess <laughs> of today's start.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. I'm not sure if you can hear me, but...
1: Yeah, I got you, baby. I got you. I got okay. you.
3: I mean, even what the
4: ch- you know.
1: even the chat room's looking kaflui on me. I don't know what happened to my chat here. I mean, everything—the screen is all messed up. Uh.
2: Well, it's not always smooth <laughs> sailing. Not always.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, I want to welcome everyone that is uh, watching us over on Facebook, YouTube, on our web page Census, Put a dash in the middle southern Um, But those are trying to listen to us on Blog talk and wondering what the heck are these screwed up people doing today? <laughs> Do I sure I sure I want to hang out? <laughs> oh well. Anyway, um, we got ourselves a jam up show. Uh, we've got uh, Mark Tapscott. All right, we got we got a fifty fifty chance of Mark Tapscott uh, being with us because all hell broke loose yesterday with Hunter Biden's indictment, and he was caught, pulled out of uh, I, I forget what he was in the middle of something doing something very very important and I yanked him out of there over there at the Epic Times and said you've got to face and, and work on this blah 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 blah. So. <laughs> We're crossing our fingers and hoping that everything works out today, that he will be with us. So that, uh, that just that threw everyone into a tizzy. And, <laughs> excuse me. As you can see, I still have this cough. I'm trying to get to see a pulmonologist to see what the heck is going on. Uh, but we'll have at the second half from the Heritage Foundation, Sarah Purcell uh, Perry. And we have a lot to talk about, a lot to go over. mm Boy, we got a lot to talk about Curtis. <coughs> Curtis, you still with me or am I carrying this on my on my own? I think we just lost Curtis again. Okay. It looks like we're going to be batting a thousand today. So some of the things we're going to be discussing with Mark are what's going on with the uh, Hunter uh Biden, uh all the things that they've charged him with do not even come anywhere close to bringing anything in association with his father. You notice that they're they're throwing us enough of a bone to say maybe, maybe they'll just shut up about Hunter Biden. But actually, it's whetting the appetite because they went after two gun charges, uh, uh, one gun charge and two for perjury for lying on official document. And uh, he's going to get a slap on the wrist. You know that. I know that. They're just trying to throw us a bone and make it feel like we're eating the whole cow. And we're not, we're not buying it. There's nothing about uh, failing to register as a foreign agent. There's nothing about the money laundering. Uh, there's a whole lot of things of peddling government influence because access to, to daddy as vice president and as president is a whole lot more to this Hunter Biden situation and Creepy Uncle Joe, uh, Poppy Joe. Um, and they just they just want to give us a little something, and make it feel like we got the whole thing. We're not buying it. Uh, we also we have the federal deficit, the bet, the the budget. There's a lot going on with that because uh, they just came back into session on Monday, which was uh, September 11th. Um. And they have been in session trying to hammer out the budget, and there's problems with the budget to the military, and they're trying to pull some number games and shenanigans. We'll be talking to Mark about that if we have enough time. And then with Sarah, we have – now, this is interesting. This broke this morning, so I did not get the whole story. I'll try to pull it up while we're doing the show. But the school districts in California have just banned the LBGTQ – Whatever other letters follow behind the pride flags, they banned them on the school grounds. That's a step forward, folks. That's a step forward to reclaiming the innocence of our children. There's no place for that in the school. Uh, That just happened in California. Meanwhile, California had passed the law, which allows gender affirmation to minors without the parent knowledge. we'll be talking about a lot about all that other stuff. And if no one was paying attention, um, a couple of weeks back, I was mentioning uh, this illegal lab that was uncovered in uh, Greeley, uh, I'm sorry, Reedley, uh, California. Well, finally, finally, just in July, they finally admitted, oh, yeah, oops, we did find the Chinese were running an illegal lab here, but there's nothing there there uh the same there was no harm done oh you want to make a bet guess what they were doing there they were infecting the rats the mice there with the covid sars claiming they were using it to test the test kits that they were manufacturing so if you were tra- doing at home covid test you may have just been using one of those test kits from this filthy chinese run lab in California we're going to be talking about that also there's a lot a lot a lot to talk about so Curtis are you back with us I am not getting any sound from Curtis all right well we'll just have to keep on going until Curtis can finally get himself called into the show Uh, those that are watching you can see that the camera is a little bit different the camera works a little bit different The camera I was using last week, if you saw, it was kind of like sketchy. Uh, The camera died on me. (laughs) So we're trying a new one out today, so hopefully you get a nice, clear picture of this ugly mug. All right. Um, Those that uh, watch the show, uh, listen to the show, know that we start off each and every show with a dedication to a fallen hero. And if I can pull these scenes up, I'm getting a lot of stuff coming up on my computer that not behaving quite right Um, that's not what I want okay I'm trying out a couple of different new things Uh, so hopefully this will work Uh, these I took the actual video um, from the news broadcast and I placed it here together do the dedication for me because of my coughing and my voice So bear with me as I try to push this live and let it play for you so you can listen in. Just give it a second. All right, should be coming up second. Of course, it's not going to play. It's going to make me a liar. It is going to make me an absolute liar. I can't believe this. If anything can go wrong today, it will go wrong. And, of course, we don't, all right, we're going to have to just cancel that um, and bring back my ugly mug and get rid of that. So, obviously, that did not work. I apologize, folks. Um, Looks like Curtis is trying again to call in, and he's trying again and again. Poor guy. He can't even.
2: (laughs) Curtis, I swear they got something in for you. We I got just you. Now. To call in. Can you hear me?
1: <laughs> yeah, we got you now. We got you All now. Right. Yeah, um I, just decided I did to call I had, Well, unfortunately, I had um made a video for the dedication and it's not working. It did work uh, earlier today, and I guess maybe I got too many things open on my computer and it's just taking up too much uh-huh. memory. So I'm just going to do the dedication off the top of my head, uh, trying to remember what the heck I was doing here. And um, today's dedication is going out to two firefighters from CAL FIRE and their pilot. Uh, the dedication I had were video clips from News Channel 3 and KCAL News. Unfortunately, they're not working and not playing properly, these Two firefighters and the pilot were killed in a mid-air collision on April 7th of this year while battling a brush fire. The one helicopter, known as a sky crane, landed safely. The copter that they were in did crash and ignite a second brush fire. So today's dedication is going to go out to Assistant Chief Joseph Bishop Rodriguez and the pilot Tony Sousa. And they were killed in Cabazon, California. Now, I'm hoping that this will play, and I'm going to try this once again. And here we go. Let's try this. And do we have the sound? And we have no sound. And unfortunately, that is what we got. I put up a picture for those that are watching on the video of the three that were killed. And it was supposed to play The Soul of the Nation by Tiffany, and that is not working. So I apologize, folks. Uh, We're having some technical difficulties. Things that worked fine earlier today are now not working at all. So let's get back to our show and to you, Curtis. Curtis and let's see what other things we can kind of like mess up around here
2: yeah this is uh what friday the 15th not the 13th if i'm not mistaken oh uh,
1: yeah yeah i know i know like i said the best laid pins of mice and men often go astray and unfortunately uh, that is what's happening here and i apologize guys because i had everything worked out perfectly had it tested and I ran it on my computer, but I guess once I go through the internet and run it, that's what throws everything off. So unfortunately uh, it just didn't work today, but I didn't mean to do a half ass uh, dedication. These men deserve the full honor that they, they they gave their lives to save lives. And it's a shame that I couldn't do the, the proper honor for them. I apologize guys. Um, but we will, uh, we will still persevere and uh, see what we got here. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah.
2: Uh, maybe, anyway, maybe by the end of the show we can get it, get it up and run in the dedication.
1: Well, while you we'll were see. calling back in, I did a quick, a, a quick one. So again, I apologize. I thought I had everything working perfectly, and. It just oh. didn't happen. was not meant to happen. So uh, anyway, um, I don't know if anyone caught this. This was an article that popped up in the New York Times last week, and I gave it a glance, and I said, oh, wow, this is interesting, and I put it aside. And then just two days ago, it resurfaced on Breitbart News, and John Nolte wrote the article in response. Now there is a woman who is running for a uh, candidate for the Virginia House. She was running. She is a candidate for the Virginia House. She's a Democrat. Her name is Susanna Gibson, and the New York Times said that the story that was going around uh, that about her performing sex for money online was a lie, and they're saying that the. What was being leaked was a sex tape that was made between husband and wife that accidentally got released. Well, Breitbart kind of like looked into this a little bit further and, oops, New York Times got it wrong. (laughs) New York Times. He writes, State House candidate in, in Virginia condemns leak of sex tapes. That's the Times headline. All right, so she's saying, no, it was a sex tape made between my husband and I, and it was just accidentally leaked. Well, not so fast, guys, not so fast. Um, as recently as September of last year, 40-year-old Gibson, who is a nurse practitioner and her attorney husband, performed hardcore sex online. At the time, Gibson was raising money for her campaign. During these degrading videos, this mother of two small children offered to further degrade herself for money. She told her online audience she was raising funds for a special cause, presumably her campaign. He further writes, I have no intention of detailing the details again. And he has a link on his article on Breitbart where you can read it. He goes, let me say that even though I grew up on HBO, I'm still shocked by how depraved people can become. And he calls her a pig. He goes, this pig and her pig of a husband are parents. Nevertheless, they not only performed hardcore porn online where everything is forever, but they also did it while she was eager to become a public political figure. No decent parent risks her kid coming across something like this. And this is a nurse practitioner. You go to her for your health care needs. Huh. And she's running for the Virginia House. This was not revenge point guys. This was not a videotape that was leaked. She was fundraising while performing hardcore sex online. And this yep. is who the, Democratic, the Democrats put forward as a viable candidate.
2: They allow Maybe. her to run on the
1: Democratic ticket.
2: Maybe this she's a, in the wrong industry. <laughs> Maybe she should be in the, the video industry. Adult video.
1: But but this is who the Democrats are putting forward as a candidate. Instead of condemning care. her instead of condemning her, there's no there there. There's no I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, this woman is so irresponsible, and she's a mother with kids in the house while she's doing this, I'm assuming.
2: Yeah, but the, the way they uh, see it, it this, blows is my a, mind. this is a form of freedom of expression to them.
1: I'm wondering, I'm <laughs> wondering where in campaign finance reform says that you can – I don't know if, that, if that's even legal to raise funds performing sex. Oh wait a minute! Wait, a minute, wait, a minute, wait. A minute. Then again, there's the um, transgender story hour for kids too. I, I forget. I'm sorry. I forgot they allow that too. I mean, what what sort of depraved society are we devolving into? That, anything that even the New goes, York Times thinks of something is acceptable? Something to be swept under the rug?
2: For anything goes society.
1: That's sad that is that is very very sad, very sad <laughs> we mentioned earlier Monday was nine eleven <laughs> and um, as my listeners know, i am a retired from n y p d and i retired uh um before nine eleven I retired back in ninety six so I'm a little older um <laughs> And I did lose some friends there. I know the area very well, where the towers once stood. Been there many
2: times. So, were you and living there at the time of it? Twenty-two
1: No, I was living here in South Carolina by then. But
2: oh, so you had moved and, already.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, had already moved, and I was getting ready to go have surgery. Uh, they were getting ready to fuse my spine um, from line of duty injuries. Uh, So it's been 22 years, 22 years, and I mentioned this on the show last Friday that Joe Biden was going to be in Alaska, and he was on Um, 9-11. Queen Camilla Mella went to the ceremonies, uh, and they only showed brief clips of her there. I guess it was smart not to leave the camera on her too much. You might get her cackling. Uh, Giuliani said she ruined the day for him. <laughs> he did, actually. <laughs>
2: There's
1: a video uh, floating around on the Internet. <laughs> Bless his heart. Bless his heart. Uh, but you want to add fire, fuel to the fire. He had the audacity to again do a famous Joe Biden lie, flat-out, bold-faced lie stating that he was at ground zero the day after the attacks. Giuliani was at ground zero. The police commissioner, the fire commissioner, every single person of import that headed an emergency service agency was there. Union workers, teamsters uh, were there to help dig out. Uh, people came from ev- anywhere and everywhere and covered that ground to assist in the rescue. Who was missing? President Obama and Joe Biden. They weren't there. Joe Biden flat out lied, saying he was at ground zero the day after the attack. He was nowhere there. Mm. I'm sorry. He says this uh, the same way that when he went to Hawaii, that he equated what happened in Maui in Lahana, the city destroyed by that wildfire, to the kitchen fire he had in his house. A kitchen fire in your home is not a wildfire that devastated the island of Maui that will take years to recover and rebuild. That's not the same. That's the same thing he did when when he greets the parents and families of the fallen at Dover Air Force Base when they come back. Uh, from the war on terror, serving this nation and giving their lives. And then he says, I know how you feel. I lost my son, Beau. That's not the same as another bold-faced lie. Then, to make matters even worse, even worse, (coughs) excuse me, he had wanted to give the terrorist that did the bombing, Sheikh Khalid Mohammed, and five of his cohorts, a plea deal to help avoid the death penalty. Now, we spoke about this on the last show. However, what I didn't know, on the 22nd anniversary of (coughs) 9-11, excuse me, I am so sorry. What he did was he announced a multi-billion dollar deal with Iran that we are giving Iran $6 in frozen assets and a prisoner exchange. And this was announced on 9-11. And it should be noted that the 9-11 Commission found credible evidence Iran helped the hijackers travel through the Middle East and get trained. And also... On Monday, 9-11, Joe Biden praised the Saudi government. I'm sorry. This is is really hard to take. And this was... um, This came up on Eric Erickson's show, and he talked about it on his show uh, the day after, on September 12th. And God bless him for pointing this out. He writes that lack of empathy has seen this administration insist Americans be grateful or economy that they do not feel is great. Likewise, it has pushed this administration to force behavioral changes on the American public. The public does not want the types of vehicles they buy to the stoves they use, to the water heaters they install, among other things. This administration, frankly, seems less like it cares for the people than it cares to fundamentally alter the people's behavior in some way, wherein the people must conform to the demands of the administration. They view their position not as governing administration, but a ruling regime. In so operating, they have chosen to keep the president on the sidelines for 9-11, while giving one of our enemies $6 billion on the anniversary of that enemy helping tor- terrorists murder thousands of Americans. Well said, Eric. Well
2: said. I mean, I was just in the grocery store earlier today, and a box of cereal's up there around $7 The one box of cold cereal. Gas is still over $3, way over. And this guy is bragging about his economy.
1: He Bidenomics. Yeah. Bidenomics. And now they have the talking points they sent out, and... <laughs> <laughs> and They made a mistake. They sent the talking points also to uh, Fox News and Newsmax. I'm wondering if they sent it to One America <laughs> also, OAN News, and saying that they've got to counter uh, the conservative message, the MAGA message. They've got to counter it. They've got to say everything that we're saying about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden are lies. There's no evidence. Yeah. yeah. Tell that to Devin Archer, who testified before Congress. Tell that to the 20 million that was uncovered that went to family members, including grandchildren and in-laws. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Tell it to the Ukrainian uh, prosecutor who was fired, who knows he definitely was fired on Joe Biden's orders. Uh, I, I mean, I'm sorry. The evidence is mounting left and right. So, no, 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 all the mass media out there, the left-leaning media, you are telling lies about the president and his son. You're disgracing them. How dare you? You evil, mean MAGA people, you people who dare to embrace your God and guns, how evil and mean. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, here we go. We, it's, it, it's evil for us to embrace our God and guns. And yet Joe can claim to be devoutly Catholic, and it's no big deal his son illegally obtained a gun. It's okay for his son to do that. It's okay for Joe Biden to profess his faith. But how dare we do that?
2: Yeah. He's out there bragging that he's created like 13 million new jobs and this and that and the other. But what they're not saying is, a lot of these people just returning to the workforce after being out of it for two years because of COVID. He's not creating anything. The levels are starting to go back to where they were before COVID. But he would like to brag that you know he's he's created more jobs in a shorter time than the, the last president that had four years, and we know who he was alluding to. He's not creating anything.
1: I, I got to say, my baby sister is watching on Facebook and she says I'm echoing. I don't know why I'm echoing on Facebook. I have no idea.
2: But you got reverb? Yeah, I don't
1: know. Uh, I have no idea. My encoder's... My. Otherwise, day. it sounds fine for everyone else, I guess, but... I don't know what Facebook is doing to me. I apologize, guys. If you're listening on Facebook, um, switch over maybe to YouTube or onto my show page, which is Southern Sense. Just put a dash in the middle, and it should be fine there because I know Tim Taps over on my home page right now. <coughs> Excuse me. Now if I can just catch my breath. Oh, man. Um, We should have Mark Tapscott call in in a few minutes. So we covered our our friend here, Susanna Gibson, and her husband with the sex tape. We covered Uncle Joe on (laughs) on, uh, 9-11 and that debacle. Um, Here we go, Southern Border. This was on Sunday. This past Sunday, this article was up in Newsmax. And Newsmax writes about a convoy that was traveling, coursing into Mexico from the US, was attacked by gunmen on Saturday. And three people, including American citizens, were wounded with gunshots. Um, The state security department said the attack happened on the international bridge that connects the town of Miguel Ailman with Roma, Texas. And initially the agency reported nine people wounded, but later said that three had gunshot wounds, and six suffered panic attacks. And uh, the injured were taken to the International Bridge and handed over to U.S. authorities for treatment. It was a group of at least 20 people traveling to central Mexico. Upon entering Miguel Ullman from Texas, they were struck by an Arsenal armored truck of the type commonly used by cartels, and then came under heavy fire. Then the attackers fled. <clears throat> so, huh, nice border we have here. Nice border. And I have a funny feeling this might be our buddy Mark. Let me see if it is. And uh, let me see if it is. Come on. Come on, computer. All right. I hope this is you, Mark. Welcome on board. Mark yes. Capscott from the uh, – it is. I'm sorry. Yeah, I it is. Mark Capscott. Hey. Yeah, going, Yeah, the one.
2: <laughs> hey, Curtis, The one you and doing? the only. Okay.
3: Well, Well, (laughs)
1: Well, you have been having one heck of a a fun field day over there with the breaking of the Hunter Biden story uh, of his uh, being indicted on three charges uh, for twice perjury on a official federal document and for possessing a handgun illegally. Uh, and I was I start to go off on a rant that, you know, they they yelled at us for embracing our God and guns. But it's okay for Joe Biden to say he's devoutly Catholic and his son to obtain a firearm uh, illegally. It's okay for them to embrace God and guns, but we can't. How really ironic is that is?
3: Well, it is indeed, Annie. And uh, you might recall also that um, at one point Joe Biden, if I recall correctly, said that um, nobody actually needs a pistol or an AR <laughs> kind of uh, rifle for self-defense. You need to get yourself a shotgun because that will take care of them. And, okay, out, uh,
1: out the back kitchen door, if you remember right. You right it Out the back out the kitchen back door. door. Shoot it up in the air. Uh, hello, right. Joe. What goes up must come down. And people are known to have been killed by a bullet shot straight up in the air, came down, and struck a person and killed them. That's why you don't randomly fire a gun up in the air because you don't know where it's
3: going to land and who it's going to hit. I guess guess Hunter didn't hear that day.
1: (laughs) Well, I was starting to talk. I'm sorry. I, I, ever since I've had the influenza, I have been having problems breathing. So if I start coughing, please, please forgive me. Um,
3: oh, I'm, I'm but looking sorry.
1: At, no, don't be. I'm trying to see a specialist. That's if I can never get into one. It's like you've you got to be the son of God in order to get in there. And I'm, mm. I'm, I'm, not, that, I'm not that amazing. Um, but I'm um. looking at it. The, these are the least charges that they could ever come up with. It's as if they're saying, we're going to throw you a bone and make you think you're eating the whole entire cow, and you're going to be satisfied with this. That's how it, exactly how it looks to me.
3: Well, um, they are felony charges. I mean, technically, he could be um, subject to the possibility of you know, 25 years in prison, but realistically, um, the real significance, I think, of, of these charges is – They are the ones that don't connect him in any apparent way with Joe Biden. If they go after the tax problems that um, Hunter Biden has been investigated for, then that gets gets real uncomfortably close to Joe Biden himself, because then Hunter has to start explaining where his income came from and where it went. And that could be a real problem for Joe Biden. So. You know, here we are yet again, um, David Weiss from Delaware, recommended by two Democratic senators to President Trump for the appointment, um, taking care of the president's son.
1: Uh, yeah. uh, he's going to get a slap on the wrist, and we're going to say there's no there, there. Look what we did. We There's no one above the, the law. So even though we're not treating Donald Trump the same way as we're treating Hunter Biden, there's no there there. And and that's the problem. And I don't think the general public is going to buy it for very much longer. I'm seeing people on the left starting to go, wait a minute, I'm scratching my head. Something's not right here. But I loved the talking points the administration put out to all the media, including Fox News and Newsmax, who got the memos about These are the talking points we want you to talk about. Now, we knew that the Obama administration was doing that, and we know the Biden administration has been doing that all along. But now you have definitive proof. They hand out to the media, these are the things that you say. No wonder why MSNBC sounds exactly like CNN and vice versa.
3: Well, you know, Annie, you're you're, uh, not the first person who has noticed a a tremendous striking similarity between (laughs) – What um, the uh, Democratic Party's various uh, officeholders, especially the ones that have been in the White House, what they say and how the mainstream media uh, reports it. Um, And, you know, I mean, it's it's certainly not been a a secret that there's a tremendous difference in the way the media deals with a Democrat in the White House and how they deal with uh, a Republican and you know whether or not you like Donald Trump um, the guy probably gave more time to answering questions from uh clearly hostile journalists uh during his four years than, um, than certainly than Biden has and i suspect probably uh more so than than Barack Obama did. Barack Obama didn't get a whole lot of hostile questions or uh, difficult no. questions will but so that's, no, that's, he didn't. That's not, that's not that's not a new thing. No, it's not. It's not because sometimes
1: when I start to watch the press conferences that the White House does have, I just sit there and shake my head and it's like, I mean, are these people living on the same planet that you and I are living on? Do they not see how ridiculous they look? And what I'm finding is that suddenly some of the journalists that have some ounce of integrity Are starting to push back, and that's good for us. Yes,
3: well, and and that is good for us. Think think about it. Um, If 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 it uh, had been Donald Trump, whose press secretary, um, you know, circulated that kind of a um, a memorandum, it wouldn't have surprised me at all if there had been a mass walkout from the White House press room uh, to protest it. And the fact that that did not happen with the present uh, bunch of White House reporters, I think re- it, it really reflects the sad state of uh, the journalism profession, at least in in my view. Uh, of course, I'm from an old school of journalism that says you're supposed <laughs> to report the facts. Um, hey, we're anyway, not sure right talking about old.
0: We're
1: not yeah. supposed to talk about old. Right. <laughs> there's no future in getting older. <laughs> oh man, But I, I was was liking it when yesterday they kept on trying to press him with the question about his son, you know, being indicted. And they did a good job of uh, keeping Biden away from them. But still, it was good mm-hmm. to see that someone is finally saying, there's something here. Let's talk about it. Um, but we mm-hmm. also have the... Hunter is now suing um, over the uh, laptop. Garrett mm-hmm. Ziegler ended up in possession of uh, the data that was on the laptop, but he got it, as I understand, through Giuliani. Uh, now, nice. when you bring something to a shop to be repaired or serviced or whatever it is, I, I've never seen a shop without this on there. If items are left over X amount of days, they are considered abandoned, right. and then the shop takes possession of that item and, and does whatever they want with it, whether they throw it out, repurpose it, or, or sell it. It's up to that. Now you abandon it. You you said you're leaving it here for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. I mean, even a pair of shoes. Which reminds me, I got to pick up shoes from the shoemaker. (laughs) If you leave it in there for so long, they're going to get rid of them. Mm -hmm. And why not make a buck on it? So now it was the shop owner's property for him to do whatever he chose to do with. And they're saying no, you hacked in here, you did all these things and everything else, but there's what do you see happening with this? Is this going to be tossed completely out and saying, hey, listen, you were dumb enough to leave it behind, and now live with it?
2: Well,
3: <clears throat> I, I I have to admit I was very puzzled when I first heard about that uh, litigation being initiated because, um, you know, it it would be, assuming that it goes forward, it will be. Yet another avenue of discovery uh, for somebody uh, who has not necessarily got Hunter Biden's best interest at heart, um, or who may have the public interest at heart, and thus have a very different interest in what might might be found in discovery. So I, I was puzzled by it. it it's 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 a let's just say, a very unexpected move on the part of him and his his many attorneys.
1: Yeah, that's what really does make me scratch my head and go, duh, what? Because Mm -hmm. once you bring the laptop in, which you have to in order to prove your case, everything on the laptop is part of the court record, which is a public record. Yeah. So everything will be exposed. So I, I this was not the smartest move. Uh maybe trying to bribe the guy to get the, the laptop back so you can destroy it uh, I don't know. Uh well, you the, know, that, oh, but that then again ship, if you try to if you if you do some of that funny money, uh Stormy Daniels, uh then then the public's not too happy with you.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh that, that ship sails a long time ago because once the laptop um was out uh, out of the and um, once it was out of the hands of the the guy at the computer repair shop, there are multiple copies of the um, the the whole thing out there. So you know, it's <laughs> Pandora's box has been opened and it ain't going to be closed on that one.
2: <laughs>
1: well, man. Um, Newsmax had an article uh, just recently. Oh, actually, it was on Monday. Um, Senator Johnson did an interview with them uh, saying that, oh, doy, Obama was fully aware of the influence peddling going on with the Bidens. Now, no one else is talking about this because you have a vice president and his son peddling influence. And the White House is like, well, uh, there's nothing there.
3: There's no there there? Really? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I, you know, I, I did not read the specifics of Senator Johnson's statement. I, I did glance through some of the uh, news reporting on it. Um, I, I Frankly, I'm, I'm a little surprised if, in fact, we do ultimately learn that Obama did know about it and didn't put a stop to it because... Um, uh, I guarantee you, Barack Obama is a smart guy, and he would have immediately recognized um, the the apparent, some would say, the obvious conflict of interest <clears throat> that would be involved. And that would be damaging to him, and he would not like that at all. So I'm going to be really curious to see where that one goes.
2: Hey, Mark. Mm-hmm. Now,
3: Yes. Yeah, what I was heard? just from
2: a- I was just going to question whether or not the Democrats still fear um, Robert Kennedy Jr. Are they still trying to push him out?
3: Well, apparently they do because the DNC this past week has gone to great lengths to make sure that, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, President Biden never has to worry about a primary or a debate with the guy. So,
4: <clears throat> you
3: know, they must be. Otherwise, why would they be going to such a length to uh, prevent anybody from having the opportunity to vote for Kennedy rather than to vote for Biden?
1: Now, I was hearing that there was a couple of his 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 buddies uh, Biden pro-Biden people that are finally saying, uh, Joe, don't run. Um, is there any legs to that story?
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. David Ignatius, the um senior columnist of the Washington Post, his column this past Sunday, uh, which said Biden should not run because people are worried that he's too old, that really was a signal um, to official Washington, if you will, that, you know, okay, it's okay now, the cat's out of the bag, everybody has seen him shuffle, they've seen him fall, they've seen him be confused, they've seen him be not certain of where he's supposed to be or what he's supposed to be doing. Uh, and, you know, you you can't go on with the charade that there's um, – the man's 80 years old, and it really does show, and that raises questions of fitness for office. And it's it's not an ideological or a partisan question, and the fact that David Ignatius um, explained in his column that he admires Biden greatly and agrees with what he's been doing, uh, but still there's that fitness for office question, and – Lots and lots and lots of people in this town are talking about it now, and they will continue to.
1: Yeah, because we see the deterioration of Diane Feinstein, and that is so hard to watch. Um, she's even <laughs> confused about whether or not she gave power of attorney to her daughter, and her physical appearance is shocking. Uh, we have oh, wow. a lot of people way up there. We're not going to discuss you and me. <laughs> We're not running for office or in office. Um, but it, the age that we have up there, um, we need to, I, I, I don't know, flush out the house, turn the whole thing over, you know, like the Aegean stables. Where's Hercules when you need them? <laughs> Come on, yeah. clean out the stables here. Um you look at even when i look at chuck schumer the way he's now stooped over and the way he has to lean in to hear people um romney's i'm not going to run again he's got one year left whoopie do. you're doing us a big favor you're letting us know now instead of next year mm. so what uh, uh but we do have a heavy thing on our hands with people being this old and pelosi now she's running again hello pelosi <laughs> Go, hello. You, I'm sorry. (laughs) Don't, don't.
3: Just please don't. (laughs) You know, just just an interesting historical historical footnote on that. In the early years of the Republic, uh, the average age for a member of the House of Representatives was somewhere in the the late 30s. And Mm -hmm. and typically there were uh, most of the members were freshmen, or only in their second term. The reason for that is because there was a a very established uh, civic culture in which um, you felt that you owed uh, – you had a public obligation to serve for a certain amount of time, and then you went back to private life. And consequently, Mm -hmm. you had a continuous and substantial turnover in uh, the people in Congress. After the Civil War, that ended, and the average age and the tenure uh, began to go up, and it's kept going up, and now, you know, they're here forever, and you can't get rid of them, (laughs) and and consequently, we have many more, much older people holding office, and, you know, it's it's not – it doesn't – liberals get old and conservatives get old. Democrats get old. Republicans get old. They all do. Um, you yeah. know, Now there's people in D.C. talking about, well, maybe we need to have a maximum age limit for being in Congress in addition to a minimum age.
1: Well, there you go. Now, say, 50 years or 100 years from now, God willing, our republic still stands, and advances in medicine become so great that someone at the age of 80 may have the mental acuity of someone at the age of 25 or 30. Um, We don't know what medicine is going to bring. So doing something like that uh, may end up having the adverse effect that you want. Um, But still, there should be some sort of a mental acuity test maybe. I don't know what the answer to that is. Also, it depends on who's going to administer the test and how you're going to interpret the reading. Uh, That can be, again, used by parties to disqualify someone. Uh, There's so many pitfalls that you have here. But when you see someone, definitely like Mitch McConnell, have those moments that you're saying, wait a minute, we seem to feel you are unfit for office. Maybe it's time we take some step in which to remove you from that office. (laughs) But you mentioned about how everything changed around the time of the Civil War. That's when we saw in government the growth the massive growth of the administrative arm of government and Um, they did never had that before you came in you served your term and you were you were someone that in the off hours you went back home you visited and talked with your constituents you did your job because most people were either farmers or shopkeepers or things like that ministers you had a job to go back to but we also right. changed it when we changed that, the fact that the enumeration they received, the benefits, the paid things, Congress and the Senate now control their own purse. Before, the states did. When we changed yeah. that and no longer they were answerable to the state they were from, they had themselves a permanent job. And that's what we have to reverse. We must make them answerable again once to the state that they are representing and not to a life term in Congress.
3: Annie, with that tribute to the Tenth Amendment, which I wholeheartedly endorse, uh, I'm gonna have to sign off because I've got to go to another meeting.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. With everything breaking out and, and it's coming out fast and furious, which is uh why I gave this show today um nothing to see here. politics as usual.
4: <laughs> there you go. There you go. Listen, we
3: will we will well, we will do this again in a couple of weeks. Okay. God bless. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. See you, Curtis.
2: All right. Mark. That's- All right. Take care, Mark.
1: Right. Check them out at the Epoch Times, E-P-O-C-H Times. And I think we are supposed to call our other guest, and I don't see where I have her phone number. Oh, I think I screwed up here. Oh, I'm sorry, Curtis. I'm, I'm doing too many different things at the same time. And I'm seeing a hand up in the queue, but you can't see it because you're on the phone. And let me see if it is her. Oh, shoot. I have to apologize. Um, you're on the air live with Sudden Sense. I am screwing up today, so I apologize. I'm the hostess with the least least hostess, Annie. Who am I speaking yeah, to? Yeah, this
4: is Bianchi. I had her comments to make.
1: Hi, Bianchi. Oh, How are you doing? And I'm looking I'm looking for the phone number and oh I'm so sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Bianchi.
4: <laughs>
1: Folks this is live radio. You can't make this stuff up.
4: <laughs> well, you know, you was talking about uh you was talking about Hunter Biden's laptop. Now, from what I've heard there's some very, very uh, precarious information on his laptop. Source. That's what I heard.
2: Oh, yeah.
4: Now, here's yeah, the thing. And if, it, if, it, you, if you or I all of a sudden had some discriminating information, images, on your laptop, uh, whether you intentionally put them on there or not, you are in some deep trouble, especially if those images have to do with children. I mean, that's just the way it mm-hmm. is. And if you... Give that laptop to a service technician, and they just, they run across that information where they're supposed to report it. It's just like a child that goes to school with bruises on his face and on his body. The teacher is supposed to report that to the authorities. It's simple. So him yep. suing because it was turned in is irrelevant. Apparently you have something on your (laughs) laptop that is very, very troublesome, whether it's national security or whether it has something to do with the innocence of children or whatever. That is on your lap, and you have to explain if it's criminal, you will be charged for it. I mean, that's just the way it works.
2: Yeah, and this, this goes back to the days when, you know, before all this digital stuff when you had to take your film in to be developed. And yeah. if the developer sees anything on there, like, you know, children being exploited sexually, whatever, they had to report it. So there's yeah, something. Yeah,
4: some to, stuff they wouldn't develop, remember? I don't know how old you are. But yeah. But if you had taken a, a picture of, a, of your new person, they wouldn't develop it. That's right. And, you know, on the qualification. Now the constituents of a the constituents of a of an area, that's up to them to vote for who they want. It can be Methuselah if they want or Johnny Appleseed. But the thing is is this, is that there was many outcries for Donald Trump to be examined to see whether or not he was causing his abilities to serve. But you don't hear that being leveled against Joe Biden. And I blame conservatives for that. Conservatives should be up and on, marching up and down the street, demanding that Joe Biden undergo tests instead of sitting back. That's the way the other side done, candidates.
2: Well, not only that, they wanted um, Trump to um, agree to, um, um you know, saying that, you know, he – he would um, recognize um, Hillary as she won. And it was like, you know, when he won as president, they were out there, oh, he's not our president. He's not this. He's not. They didn't accept that he won. You know, they're, they're you always know, they going they
1: out there. All right. Well, Panky and, and Curtis, um, I'm got, we have our guest in, so let me bring her in on the line from the Heritage Foundation, if my computer behaves a little bit, Sarah Purcell Perry. And how are you today, Sarah? Welcome back.
0: Thanks for having me. I'm good.
1: Ah, we just had Mark Tapscott from the Epic Times, and everything is heated up in D.C., girl. I'm telling you, it's, it's crazier than I have ever imagined. Um, I saw a, a news flash. Just before coming on air, that the school districts in California have banned the gay pride flag. Have you heard anything about that? That was that shocked me. Considering California just passed that crazy law that gender affirms you know, minors without the parents knowing.
0: Real interesting, actually, because as uh, of last night, about oh, gosh, I want to say 9 p.m., 10 p.m., our Eastern Standard Time, uh, a federal judge in California actually blocked a California school district's policy of hiding gender identity information from parents about their children. Now, that's significant because it is the first uh, in the country to hold that this policy is illegal. He actually called the school policy the, quote, trisecta of harm, meaning it was harmful to children, it was harmful to teachers, and it was harmful to parents. And I am surprised that this is coming out of a judge in, in Southern California, but we are incredibly gratified by that. I have not heard anything about um, a judge determining one way or another whether or not the gay pride flag can be hung in a public school.
1: Well, this was – what I saw was a flash, and we came across a Newsmax, and I caught it as I was bringing my notes into my office, and it said California school districts banned the flag. And that that amazed me.
0: I'm wondering if that is sort of the, part of the parents' rights momentum that we've seen sort of very across the entire state, you know, the Bonita Unified School District has issued a policy, for example, that provides parents affirmative notification of their child's gender identity. So they've taken the opposite approach. Most school boards now in blue states particularly are blocking all information about minor children and gender identity from their custodial parents. You know, they're, if they're not considered to be affirming, then they are supposed to be essentially considered a threat to the child's health, safety, and welfare. Thank you, California. And, in fact, Governor Newsom has a law right now on his desk determining that the failure to affirm a child's gender identity is dispositive in child custody cases or could be deemed child abuse. But some school districts in California are actually taking the opposite path. They are being aggressively enforcing a First Amendment free speech protections that strengthen parents' rights and allow all individuals a voice, and not just the sexual and gender identitarians.
1: You know, I, I was reading um, National Review, and I did not grab the magazine, and there was a little blurb. I, I hate when I... I catch these things five minutes before you go on air, because then you say, "All right, I'll, I'll 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 try to remember this," and you forget the article. Uh, but they had a little blurb in there about a Catholic couple uh, that were infertile; they were having a problem, you know, having kids or anything. So they decided to foster. And they applied to the state. And I'm thinking that it was Pennsylvania. I could be wrong. Uh, if anyone read the uh, National Review article I'm talking about, you know, just put it in the chat room and correct me if I am incorrect. Uh, but it was, I think it was Pennsylvania. Um, but the state said, if you do not tell us that you will affirm the chosen gender of that child, uh, then you can't have the child. Now, that's my religious belief. You're right. absolutely- now interfering with my First Amendment right.
0: You got it. And I will tell you this. So that was the case uh, that's currently pending in federal court in Massachusetts. But as we remember, not too long ago, the Supreme Court, in a, in a very significant case called Fulton versus City of Philadelphia, determines that, for example, a foster agency operated by Catholic Social Services could operate in line with its religious beliefs without actually having to accept same-sex couples as adoptive or foster parents. Well, the flip side of that equation, naturally, under Supreme Court jurisprudence, is also true. That means that individuals who would like to foster may do so according to their religious beliefs. This is the weakest of all conceivable cases, and honestly, it's just a matter of time before either a federal district court in Massachusetts or a federal appellate court strikes down the current city policy.
1: All right, I knew I was asking the right person the question.
0: <laughs> it was a
1: statement, it went P-A-M-A, P-A-M-A. <laughs> but, you know, as I was reading the article, I thought how ironic. If this was a Muslim couple, a devout conservative Muslim couple that look on same-sex couples as blasphemous and under some muslim nations it would be penalty of death um they would give them the child but not a catholic and and the assault on the catholic religion i find is astounding considering that we've had presidents that are catholic we have one sitting in office right now claiming to be catholic i say claim because i was raised catholic (laughs) so i can um but the faith the, the I, I will on. tell you,
0: I think organized religion really is of any sort. Orthodox religions, religions that have been around for not just centuries, but millennia, right? So we're talking mm-hmm. about Orthodox uh, Judaism and Orthodox Islam, Orthodox Christianity. That's why it's one of the reasons we ascribe to the Judeo-Christian value if we're talking about sort of those Fundamental spiritual beliefs about the nature of humanity, the origin of male and female, the creation of the world, the nature of human sexuality, the biological reality of our bodies, those are held by all organized religions. And so what we see is really this attempt to coalesce into a new theology, this sexual and gender identitarianism, right? So it's a new theology of its own making, and it allows no dissent, and it forces all of us to adhere. Well, where we are seeing the most activity in the federal court systems right now is at the intersection of anti-discrimination law or the basis of individuals of sexual orientation or gender identity perspectives up against the religious liberty, the fundamental inter-inter- sort of individual interest of those individuals who don't want to toe the line, say, listen, my religion tells otherwise. That's where the fight is, I think, most violently raging right now.
1: Now, I've, I've, being somewhat older person, uh, I've had walked the path and over the years I see that the more they separate us from our faith and our family, the more people are left astray. They feel lost. They have nothing to work for or achieve unless it's fame or money. Uh, what they're doing is getting some, looking for something that's temporary, uh, transitory. Uh, they have no actual real purpose in life. But once you give them back that family and faith, There's something to aim for. They feel like there's something better, higher to reach for. And they achieve more. But we are now creating generations of people that will have a a mental illness because there is no purpose to their life. And that's the whole thing. There has to be a purpose to our lives, for our life to mean anything, for us to mean anything. And that's what we want. We all want to be assured and reaffirmed. But... Who's out there? The number of followers on TikTok or Facebook—that's not affirmation. But when they take away our faith and our family, they then destroy us as a nation. Is am I seeing something different?
0: No, that's definitely um that's definitely a reality that we're dealing with. I think what we're seeing right now is ultimately the sort of pleasing of organized religion on the whole, no matter what it is, and it's the evolution of self over greater cause, greater belief, greater purpose, or greater God. And for myself as a Christian, obviously speaking from my own perspective, I can say this is very much a Romans 1 battle. This is individuals who are turning to their own predilections, their own sort of dispositions, their own purient interests, and those are becoming their own religion. They are becoming an idol in those individuals' lives. Well, civil rights law, civil liberties law, in which I've been practicing for the better part of 30 years, these are all to benefit all of us. They are to be universally applied without elevation of one class over another or the creation of special interest groups. We are not seeing that as concerned sexual orientation and gender identity, but especially so gender identity. That is the new vanguard for leftist sexual orthodoxy right now.
1: Yeah, it, it, it hits everyone. It hits and it's hitting in my family. And, you know, we are made in the image of God. And that is our Judeo-Christian belief. We are in the image of God. and Therefore, what God put on the earth, he said, this is what I'm putting on earth. This is who you are. What you do with it and how you achieve your life speaks volumes on how you will achieve, uh, uh, obtain eternal life. So now what they're telling kids today is that you're not in the image of God. God made a mistake, and God's not perfect. Uh, we're going to tell you what is perfect for you. So you have people telling kids, uh, I'm sorry, you feel differently because I know better than you and you need to do this. This brings me around to that article you wrote about Dr. Frankenstein. And you have people like Dr. Frankenstein being an influencer and destroying lives. And that that is sad to see. (laughs)
0: He's, um, he's out at Oregon State Hospital University, and he is uh, he's a pink-haired surgeon. He self-identifies himself uh, as a queer surgeon. I don't know if someone leads with queer. I don't automatically think that maybe perhaps they're the best individual for the job, that they are more concerned with their sexual orientation or gender identity than they are with actually their medical credentials, but that's just me. He has provided his minor patients and he is ground zero from some of the most gruesome Machiavellian medical experimentation that we've seen anywhere in the country, he offers now patients a surgical non-binary option. In other words, if you are a girl, we will take off your girl's sec, or form a double mastectomy, but we will leave you intact on the bottom so that on top you look like a boy, but on the bottom you look like a girl vice versa, for biological males. It's absolutely horrid, and it identifies the fallacy, that falling tautology of gender ide- ideology that has from the outset been a house of shifting sand Gender identity relies on sex. Sex is immutable. It is determined by God, and it is unchanging. No one is born in the wrong body, but unfortunately, Doctors like Blair Peters are making quite a significant amount of money based on what could be sort of the passing fancy or adolescence angst of a growing group of cohorts from twelve to eighteen
1: Now, I've said this many times, you know in this in watching fans that go on schools and they these fans with school age kids usually center on girls and their cliques. Uh, at one point, it was anorexia, uh, then bulimia, and then teenage pregnancies. And you see the fads. Now, the newest fad is transgenderism, where it used to be mostly men, males, you know, once they come through puberty, then they decide, hey, well, maybe I, I'm really not a boy. But it was a, a minute, minute, less than 1%. And also now, again, with the girls, with the cliques, I'm one of the people, I'm going, to be, I'm going to be hip, I'm going to be fam- uh, famous, I'm going to get on TikTok, I'll have my video like uh, Delvin McVaney or whatever his name is, uh, and, and people will like me. But that's it. It's a fed, and once the fed is done, and the rest of society looks at you and goes, well, uh, 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 you decided to do that to yourself. You know, don't look at me. Uh, but this is what we're doing to our kids. It is scary. It is very scary, and um, like I said, I don't know if a family hasn't had some influence on
0: our individual they have been largely recognized for the better part of 200 years, five-four, to be possessed of what's called limited agency. Right, so they can't vote, they can't be drafted, they can't. The fact that they can't get married. These are fundamental, commonsensical principles because the law has always understood that minor individuals... Oh,
1: you're breaking up, Sarah. I think we lost
0: her. said, in all other oh. contexts, we believe that you should be limited in these particular uses of your agency. And yet, when it comes to medical care, gender-affirming medical care, our goal is to let you get as much experimental treatment as you possibly can. And I will tell you, as the parent of three teenage children, it is significant how limited (laughs) their capacity it is to make lifelong decisions. That portion is the double standard no one on the left wants to talk about. We won't let them drink or buy <laughs> cigarettes or get drafted or vote, but we'll let them cut their breasts off. That does not make sense. Number one and number two, it's factually, it's legally unsupported.
1: <laughs> but we're allowing it to happen. And um, there was in uh, what was it, California, <clears throat> that they were teaching the teachers how to recognize, quote, bigoted parents, parents that are anti-LBGT, anti-transgender, whatever, teaching the teachers how to identify them. So we know now that parent we have to keep separate from that child. We need to control more of that child so that parent can influence them. And when we, when we give up our parental rights, well, then we got Hillary Clinton's It Takes a Village Idiot book.
0: I think that's the new battle guard. We've seen the sort of thrust of the issue between civil rights in the context of sexual orientation and gender identity and then public accommodations law, anti-discrimination law, right? We've seen it in Colorado. We've seen it in California. We've seen it in Washington. What happens when non-discrimination law busts up against an individual's religious liberty? Well, time and again, both in Masterpiece Cake Shop and the Jake. In the uh, Jack Phillips cake shop cases, in three of three creatives, literally just out a few months ago, they have said time and again, when we judge anti-discrimination law, civil rights law, public accommodations law, against the notion of the First Amendment and the fundamental free speech and free exercise principles, the First Amendment is going to win every single time. Governors recognize that, and yet they are essentially banking on the fact that it will be easier and quicker for them to sign a law that will sign away all parental rights, or it will expand definitions of sex to include gender identity when it does that. It will just wait for conservative litigators to pick up the case and take it all the way to the Supreme Court. So it is an expensive, arduous, exhausting proposition. I work with probably 200 public interest law firms and public interest legal attorneys. They are doing the best work in the country. But it is constantly a battle. And when I tell you that parents are on the front line, they really are. These are parents that need to be extra vigilant of what's happening right underneath their noses with their own children.
1: Yeah, uh, look at the uh, father that Youngkin just pardoned. Uh, I think the mama and papa bears have been awoken. You know, you you mess in their playpen, and you're going to get yourself a, a big paw of claws. And I think the claws are finally coming out. And thank God for people like you, like Heritage Foundation and others out there that are fighting to help preserve the family and protect these children and parents. It is so important, the stuff that you do. And we have to talk about it. We have to bring it to the fore- forefront. I mean, that child, that that mother gestated for nine months. Oh, by the way, I have to tell you something funny. My neighbor just had a grandson. And when he was telling me about the grandson, I came across this little onesie for the newborn baby. It said, "I just did nine months, and I'm out. My parents are doing life." <laughs> so that's a, a good uh, <laughs> that's battle <great>. cry. <laughs> a good, I'm, my mind is going in weird ways, but it, but we have to preserve the rights because you 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 had that child with you for nine months. It knows your your smell. It knows. Everything about the mom, and when it's born and you breastfeed it, it becomes even more bound to you. Your voice, the smell of your body, the skin, the touch of your hair, it knows its mother. And likewise, it then comes to learn the father again. But once you put them in school, it doesn't mean that child is no longer yours. It's not property of the state. It is actually, in reality, the property of the parents, the legal parents. And this is what you are fighting, and some, for some reason they don't understand. We are not wards of the state. We're not we're not enslaved to the state. They cannot tell us what we teach and what we how we raise them. We let them teach our kids, but they're still our kids, right?
0: And even the Supreme Court, in a case in 1925 called Pierce versus Society of Sisters. The Supreme Court said the child is not a mere ward of the state. And in fact, the parent's interest in directing the upbringing and education of their own children is paramount, is what the Supreme Court said. And for a hundred years, it's recognized that as being the oldest, and I quote from a decision in the year 2000 called Troxell v. Granville, the parenting interest is, quote, the oldest fundamental liberty interest this court has ever recognized it has been so germane we don't even need the constitution for it it stems from what's called natural law god gives us these parents these children we carry them for nine months we raise them until they are 18 and they fly the nest that is a responsibility bigger than any teacher will ever have for the course of any school year no matter what a minor child's gender identity happens to be
1: well, the tide is turning because uh, Governor uh, in Tennessee, Bill Lee, uh, recently signed a law in uh, considering with uh, gender-affirming health care, which bans it, a total ban on gender-affirming health care for children. Uh, there's other stuff in there, too. What's going on with this law? He's, he signed it, and now it's in effect. Is it going to be challenged, or are we, do we have something that can be used state-to-state state with what he's done?
0: Well, believe it or not, 20 states, 20 have enacted bans on a sort of the gender of under the age of 18. Sometimes it's a complete ban. Sometimes it's just hormones or it's just surgery. But we have seen good movement from brave legislators in 20 states. But here's what's happening now. We've seen a circuit split. So the 6th Circuit and the 11th Circuit have upheld Tennessee and Alabama's laws. But the 8th Circuit has struck down a state law, and I believe that's coming out of Montana, but I'm tracking so many states right now, I'm not quite sure that's correct. But the 8th is now splitting, has now split, with the 6th and the 11th. This is invariably and undoubtedly headed to the Supreme Court. Here is why I know the Supreme Court will grant this particular issue, it is not only a time-sensitive matter that when an emergency petition comes to the court for a review, they are more inclined to look at it in closer depth, especially if states are already issuing completely different outcomes. The 8th says thumbs down, the 6th and the 11th say thumbs up. But essentially, we're going to see this play out at the Supreme Court, and I think in the end, we're going to have to reckon with the notion of exactly how much rights, A, a parent have and exactly how many rights state legislators have in enacting laws based on the welfare of a vulnerable population. So only time will tell, but I'm quite certain we'll see it at the high court.
1: Well, from your lips to God's ears, uh, we have to have something turn around. And uh, it's funny because I still run a tea party. And I had parents walking up to me when all this was breaking out and saying, "Listen, they're teaching this in the school I'm sending my kids. Do you know of a school that is more traditional that I can take them out and put them in, or is there a way that we can fight this And I was not blessed with kids. I've got seven cats my ninety year old ninety one year old mother and I'm working on a third husband <laughs> literally. <laughs> But uh, I I had to go around and then find out what was being taught in the schools. And that's the trick, finding out what was taught in the schools. And unless you know how, you can find out what the curriculum is and then say, all right, fine. And I was able to direct them into areas. Uh, Some of them changed over to the Catholic schools. Some of them went to the local Holy Trinity. And we do have some conservative schools out there that are good for the kids to go. Getting the information to the parents is now something that is going to be paramount and letting them know about what Heritage is doing and other organizations out there to fight for their rights and to bring this story to the forefront. That's why I keep on saying God bless the hard work that you do over at Heritage.
0: Well, I'm very grateful, and I will tell you, it is no shortage of work product during the course of the day. Now, my three teenage kids don't believe it when I tell them, but I literally get up in the morning every day for them. What I am chewing is making sure that the nation I leave after I move on to glory is a nation that they are proud of and in which their beliefs and their right to free speech and their perspectives on the world are just it's important to someone else's, and that they can be bold in what they believe because the law exists to protect us all. So I feel very passionately about what I do, but so much of it is informed by my position as a mother. But you're absolutely right in that parental rights is really sort of at the tip of the spear right now, and it's it's going to prove I think dispositive in this upcoming election for 2024.
1: Yes, it is. <laughs> I mean, I actually had one mother go to the local school library and go through the books. And then with us helping her made enough noise that they ended up reviewing the books and reviewing some of the displays and making changes. So even though you don't have kids, this is your community. And how these children grow up will affect how your co- community evolves and, and grows. So you have to be involved, I mean, including going to the school board, because that's your tax dollar being paid to educate those kids. So you want to make sure you get the best bang for your buck with your tax dollar. And we have to be involved in all levels. And I'm amazed. I've learned so much over the last, oh, good Lord, now it's 14 years I've been doing this. Uh, I never paid attention to before. And it's opened up my eyes, and I hope with this show and with you here on it, it'll open up a lot more people's eyes and say, hey, I can't sit on the couch anymore. I've got to get involved. And that's what we have to do, one person at a time.
0: Absolutely. I could not agree more.
1: Well, Sarah, we are out of time. This is the end of the show. I can't believe it. We're down to our last four minutes. It's always a pleasure to have you on and uh, just tell Corinne, hey, that's a nice lady. Let that, she's crazy, but uh, let me go back on. <laughs> okay?
0: <laughs> Corinne does great work for us, but listen, we love, love being able to provide people with the tools they need, the knowledge they need, and for my part, the legal arguments that they need to be able to say, wait a minute, the Constitution, civil rights law, and COS law all protect me the same as they protect everyone else. And we are always willing to connect people with public interest legal attorneys who are doing some of the most important and compelling work in the entire country on issues just like this.
1: Well, I have to say, I told my fiancé last night, I said, you know, people can say the stupidest things they want. I said, they've got the First Amendment right to say the dumbest thing possible. I may not have to agree with them, but I will defend their right to be stupid. (laughs) Right? Right.
0: Yes, and and Voltaire said roughly the exact same thing. So it is a longstanding principle, and we need to remember that as members of a pluralistic society.
1: Well, God bless, Sarah, and uh, we'll be talking with you soon again, I hope. And you travel safe, because it sounds like you're in your car. Thank you. Okay, check out Sarah at heritage.org. Also, The Daily Signal, which is the newspaper over there. And that's all we got for the show here today, Curtis. Um, We do have uh, an up-and-coming country singer. um, Oh, God, I'm going to mess up his – I believe the first name is Jim Huddleston. He's got a brand-new song out. It's his first, and it's being released. It's called Go Away Joe, and Sweet Sue put it up uh, on – and Twitter, and I put it out there, too, for people. And, oh, by the way, people, go to Substack.com, Substack.com. I have a new page up there, and I'm putting the podcast up over there also. So YouTube can take them down as much as they want, and Facebook can mess it up as much as they want. But Substack, and just look for Southern Sense over on Substack. I'm out there. I'm putting together a new home page, and as soon as I get all the kinks worked out, I've got so many things going on. <laughs> i got to concentrate on one thing at a time. But I'll have everything also on the new homepage when I get it put together. So I want to thank everyone for joining us, those that were in the chat room, those that called in, uh, those that have been listening on Facebook and YouTube and on my homepage. Um, We'll be back next week, same bat time, same bat station. I say good night and God bless.
0: Okay.